Welcome to Don't Quote Me On That. One day we will have an intro, but today is not that day. Hello, hello, hello. This is Kalina. And Eleanor. And welcome back to Don't Quote Me On That, where we are reviving our Wired FM intro, because I just remembered we used to say hello, hello, hello. Did we really? We did. That was our Good thing. for us. We had a lot of things. We did. We had a lot of fun. We did. And we're having a lot of fun now. We are. A different kind of fun with more technical issues and scheduling conflicts, mm-hmm. but still fun. Um, the best. So today we are, I think we've done it two or three times now, where uh, I, I don't hate musicals. They're just not something I gravitate towards. And there's something Kalina really likes. Um, so Kalina has given me five songs from uh, Little Shop of Horrors, and um, I've been tasked to uh, try to figure out what it's about. I think in the last ones we've done of this, uh, we've done this sort of thing, I've known the stories um, pretty well. We did um, Anastasia, mm-hmm. which Kalina is obsessed with, so I've heard the story about <laughs> 300 times. <laughs> I find um, a new fact to tell you every time, I think. You Please try tell me to. I do. <laughs> you, I think you do. I honestly tuned it out a little bit. Okay, but. That's um, and then um, the, the other one we did was Heather's, which I'd seen the movie. Mm-hmm. So that kind of uh, informed me a little bit. But this one, coming in blank, coming in uh, raw, if you will. The only thing Kalina would tell me about this is that it had a plant in it. Um, I think I've heard three seconds of a song that, looking at the track list, I have decided is called Suddenly Seymour, because I know they sing Suddenly Seymour. Um, and I think, if Kalina is alright with it, I will just go right in to my quickfire recap of what I think has happened using the songs as background yes please go off okay so the first song is called somewhere that's green and the first song that i is, gave eleanor yeah sorry the first it's track six i believe but the first song i listened to was somewhere that's green and um basically there's this girl named audrey and she has a really bad boyfriend and they live um on skid row which is, uh, you know, not the greatest part of town. It is very possible that they are homeless or they live in, you know, a run-down house. And she has a boyfriend who is not good to her, not nice to her at all. But Audrey has a lot of, like, romantic visions um, about the future. And so she's staying with this boyfriend who may or may, who, who you know, is not the actual greatest Um because she thinks that, you know, once they can get out of the, the bad situation they're in, him being a bad person will calm down. Okay. So that's where we start. And then we go to uh, track 11, Feed Me. So in those five tracks we've missed, here's what happened. Audrey got a job as a dental assistant. Mm-hmm. She and Seymour still together. Um, somewhere along the way, Seymour has acquired a plant that eats mm-hmm. people. And this I know because it's the only thing I knew about the play before it started, or the musical. <laughs> um, it's the main, main thing. Good. 
In my mind, I like to think that the plant somehow um, sought Seymour out because he knew Seymour would do his bidding. Um, not quite sure. But basically, Seymour went from manipulating Audrey to be to um, being manipulated by this plant who I think, according to the lyric, she is also named Audrey, mm -hmm. which I have a lot of questions about. So you're going to need to have an answer for that. <laughs> I do. Um, but, but basically, the plant and Seymour are buddies now. And the plant is like, hey, buddy, I'm really hungry. You know what I would like? Humans. And Seymour is like, I don't really want to do that. And then the plant is like, that's too dang bad. And then we get a little cut in the middle of the song of some of the dentist, who is Audrey's boss being mean to Audrey and the plants like see some people deserve to get killed and Seymour's like well maybe cut to the next track Seymour has set up a meeting with the dentist presumably for some sort of dental procedure um and the the dentist is named Oren which is the name from the creepy guy from Parks and Rec um which doesn't add anything to the story. I That's just a fun fact for you. And Seymour and the dentist are hanging out. And Seymour's like, you know what would be really funny is if you did some laughing. Do you do laughing gas? Anyway, they did some laughing gas before this little surgery procedure whatnot. Uh, it's called nitrous oxide, which I have been under. It was not fun. It was not funny. It hurt, and I had my teeth taken away from me. Um, but they did that, and then the mask gets stuck on to the, the evil dentist, and um, Seymour is like, well, it's not technically killing him if I just don't help him take the mask off. And the dentist is like, hey, dude, I'm dying. And Seymour's like, I can see that you're dying, but, like, I didn't touch you. I didn't kill you. I says, you know, I couldn't shoot you when I wanted or when I tried to. So like, this isn't my fault. It's accomplishing the goal I want, but I didn't do anything. And then he died. He laughed himself to death. Mm -hmm. Um, and then cut to, uh, let's see, we went from 12 to 18. So we skipped a lot of time. This is about, uh, this one's called uh, Samanex slash Suppertime Reprise. And in this one, Audrey and Seymour are still together. But Audrey's been noticing that Seymour has been acting a little weird. A little kooky, if you will. And, um, you know, also some of her friends have gone missing. And, you know, when you have a boyfriend who's acting really weird and really sketchy and like your boss and maybe some friends have gone missing and you know your boyfriend isn't a great person, maybe you're putting two and two together. So Audrey goes over to Seymour's house to be like, hey, dude, why are you acting so weird? Side note, does it have anything to do with those friends of mine who have gone missing? But instead of meeting her boyfriend, she meets this plant who has the same name as her for some reason. And you're really not giving, um, up, giving up that one, right? No, I need to know. I have a lot of questions. Um, and 
you know, Audrey's, here's the plant who talks like a human and it's like, what's up? And the plant is like, you look really nice. And Audrey's like, thanks. And the plant is like, no, no, no. You look nice like a steak looks nice and then tries to eat her who and then Seymour comes in and is like, oh, my God, my plant girlfriend is trying to eat my human girlfriend. I should stop. And he saves Audrey um, and is like, Audrey, are you good? And she's like, no. <laughs> um, I really we cut to like you recapping the whole show for me. <laughs> this is so much better than what we were doing before. Cut to track 21. So this is the finale. And so unfortunately, we don't get a lot of <laughs> um, plot tying up. I'm assuming that there was a moral here that has just gone over my head a little bit because I haven't um, gotten anything. But here, in my head, here's what happened. Seymour tells Audrey, the girl, everything. And he's like, you know, this plant came out of nowhere and was like, if, you know, it was like, I'll give you everything you want. You just have to give me some people to kill. You know, the classic plant dilemma. And um, girl Audrey is like, well, you know, I don't love that you had a hand in killing all these people, but you didn't kill them yourself. And um, I believe Seymour in finale sings a line about um, how the plant offered him a fancy condo in Beverly Hills. So, you know, that ties back to the first song we heard where all Audrey the girl wants is to get out of Skid Row. So he has this fancy condo in Beverly Hill paid for in blood let by a plant. And Audrey is like, you know what? I can forgive you as long as you stop, you know, being a bad boyfriend like you were in the first song and you get me out of Skid Row like I wanted in the first song. And also how you don't let a plant influence you to kill people like you did in all the other songs. And they somehow kill the, the meat, the plant. Or maybe they um, make him die momentarily to leave room for a sequel. Probably that. Not sure. Um, but then it ends with Audrey and Seymour getting married and they have a happily ever after because Seymour learned that he needs to be a better person because if he's not a better person, he'll turn into a people-eating plant. I just I Curtain closed. How do you think the the plant gets him the condo in Beverly Hills. I just want to hear your, the logistics on that one. I think that the plant, what the plant, so the plant knows everything, right? The plant is like God. The plant knows everything. The plant basically has manufactured a way for Seymour to come across some guy who owns a big condo in Beverly Hills being a dick, right? And then the plant is like, mm-hmm. So Seymour's talking to the plant and he's like, yeah. And then I saw somebody in a suit throw a hot Starbucks cup at the Starbucks employee. And the plant's like, that's interesting. You know, I bet if he was dead, his big house that he's already paid for would be empty. And hey, you look kind of like him. 
maybe you should bring him here and he and I will have a little talk. And at the end of the talk, you'll end up with the keys to his apartment and nobody will ask any questions because it's an already paid off condo. And all you have to do is come up with some money for utilities at the end, but also you'll have his bank card. So it'll just, there'll be just automatic renewal. We'll write a little note that says, I've been insider trading and now I'm running away to Panama, but keep my place warm. So nobody will ask questions. The plant has instigated it somehow. The plant <laughs> knows everything. You know, and also somehow maybe Audrey gets a better job at the dental office now that the, the dentist is dead. Maybe she becomes a dent. I don't know. The plant made it happen, obviously. This is the best idea you have ever had in your life. <laughs> and that is what happened. Granted, I'm missing a tiny bit of context, but I'd give myself a solid B plus on being able to craft a story. I'm I'm pretty impressed. You you hit a lot of a lot of the points. Um, okay. I wrote down I wrote down some of the stuff you brought up. Now, um, the one I want to bring up before we get in, before I give you the recap of the show, is I do think, and I'm sure people who, have, who know better and have looked at this more could have more points, but I do think overall the show does have a bit of a commentary on poverty, essentially, because as you said, they, they do begin in poverty, so kind of poverty and I guess how easy it is to get corrupted, but I'm sure someone else out there has much better, well thought out point than I do. Um, I think my other, my, your other questions will get answered as we go through. So okay, perfect. We start with the first song on this track, on this is um, the prologue slash Little Shop of Horrors, which is where you get your, your classic Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors, that one. Um, and my favorite part about that is um, the opening says, a voice not unlike God's spoken. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on the 23rd day, th- 23rd day of the month of September. Which is my brother's birthday, so just keep keep that in mind. Okay? It says twenty first. I have twenty third here. Okay. If, if the twenty third is my brother's birthday, so I just want to remember that. <laughs> okay. For later. For later. It's only important to me, but remember it. Okay. Uh, and basically, the, they're like the human race encountered a deadly threat to its very existence, right? And so. Then um, you have, they're kind of like a Greek chorus. You have these three street urchins and they kind of like narrate for lack of a better word. And they kind of just pop up and give you, give you a little, give you a little sass, give you a little commentary, tell you what's happening, set the scene for you, you know? And then they also interact with the characters throughout the show. But the the little voice, like the voice, like God is like, yeah, um, the human race encountered a threat to its existence and this terrifying enemy surfaced as such enemies often do in the seemingly most innocent and unlikely of places, which kind of sounds like a, um, like a Rod Serling bit from Twilight, Twilight Zone, which is a great show. Also, um, this is based on the Little Shop of Horrors movie, which is from the 60s. So this is kind of like the setting is there in the 60s. Um, okay. But the musical, I think, first performed in like 82 or something like that. So then we get the street urchin saying Little Shop of Horrors, uh, Little Shop of Terrors, uh, look at all this creepy stuff that's happening, right? And then we kind of start getting introduced to the various characters. So we get to meet Seymour Krellborn, who's our main character. He's an orphan living in urban Skid Row. We have Audrey, who's like 
blonde and she like wears like a leopard print dress like she's got like this very clear kind of tacky sort of sense of style but like she's very I think she's like she's not like a traditional beauty not like like a homemaker sort of beauty you know um, but you, you kind of understand why she's like that later and then we get what I I wanted to give you this song initially um, it's Skid Row which is downtown so that's the next song and we get we get introduced to like what life on Skid Row is like. So basically, they're like the street urchins are saying they're like you you alarm wakes girls off at seven. You put on your eight hours and you have to come home to downtown. And they're like downtown where the folks are broke. Downtown where your life's a joke, and like where the cabs don't stop, and where the food is slop. Blah blah blah. And then Seymour's got a and then like we have like a, a homeless man on the street singing. And then we get Audrey, so we get some, we get to know a little bit about Audrey and what's going on in her life. So she says, Audrey goes downtown where the guys are drips, where they rip your slips, where relationships are no go. So Audrey is not having a good time with love. And then we get <laughs> Seymour, and Seymour's like, poor. All of my life I have always been poor. That's his first line. <laughs> he's asking God what I'm for, and he tells me, I'm not sure, sweep that fork did. And basically he's talking about how he was an orphan, and this guy, who I realized in the songs I gave Eleanor, she doesn't get meet him, but you have this guy named Mr. Mushnick. And basically, Mr. Mushnick t- took Seymour in and gave him a job at his at his flower shop. And so Seymour's talking about how he, like, sweeps the place. And Mr. Mushnick treats him like trash, but he is trash, so it's fine. Um, and then they're like, so I go downtown. Where, that's my your home address. You live downtown when your life's a mess. You live downtown where depression's just status quo. Down on Skid Row. And then we have this very moving moment, which I'm regretting not giving this song now. But basically, Seymour's like... <laughs> Someone show me a way to get out of here because I constantly pray I'll get out of here. And they kind of just keep getting out of here. And then um, Audrey and Seymour start singing together. And they're like, someone tell Lady Luck I'm stuck here. It would it would be so good to get out of Skid Row. And I would do, I don't know what, but I would do anything to get out of here. And like, mm. someone tell me I'll, I, I will mm-hmm. succeed in doing that. And then, you know what so, he does. Seymour and Audrey both work at Mushnick's Skid Row Florist's little rundown floor shop they are not doing well um and seymour is is um a klutz for lack of a better word i think i think when we first see him um audrey goes into the flower shop and she's late and like the flower shop closed at 5 p.m and i'm pretty sure audrey shows up at like 4 30 right and mr mush is like there was no point in you even showing up (laughs) and also she has a black eye and but during the scene all we hear is crashing in the background because Seymour's in the basement just making a mess of things and we learn that Seymour has recently obtained a mysterious I am reading a little bit from the Wikipedia page because I remember what happens just not necessarily in the specific order so basically mm-hmm. after all after we after we meet Mr. Mushnick and stuff we learn Seymour has found this mysterious plant and um, what happened was he was go- he was looking for new flowers in the wholesale flower district and there was an eclipse and then after the eclipse was over, this plant just appeared in front of him. And it's another song. It's the do. Not very terribly important. Um, so the reason, this is to answer your first question, the reason the plant is named Audrey 2 is because Seymour is in love with Audrey. So he named the plant Audrey 2. But they just call it Audrey or Tui. Okay. All right. So They don't call it after. plant? No. Okay. And, and Audrey, I'm pretty sure she's like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Which like, given the events that are about to transpire... Less sweet. Right. Less sweet, right? So that's Dadu. And then we got Grow for Me, because this plant, not doing well, okay? It's, like, dying. Seymour's, like, 
I'm doing, I'm like, Seymour's like, I've tried putting you in sunlight. I have tried putting you in the dark. I have tried soil and like really wet soil and really dry. Like I have tried everything. You're not responding to any of the things I'm doing here. And then he accidentally pricks his finger and Audrey too opens up and Audrey too's like, um, blood? And he realizes that he has to give the plant blood for it. Oh. So that's where we get growth. I would not have um, probably made that. No. Basically, so the plant, you have, I think, three versions of the plant in the show normally. So your first is like this very small, but they all can be manipulated. But the one's very small. It's usually like, I think, like a puppet, if anything, or it can be controlled remotely. So like this Mm -hmm. plant is like very obviously drooping. And then he pricks his finger and the blood. And he's like, I think he's like showing it to the plant because he talks to the plant. Um, like one would talk to their pet or like Kalina might talk to herself, you know, he talks to the plant. And so he's like, oh my God, Tui, look, I pricked my finger. And then the plant like visibly perks up and the plant's like, you, you do what now? And so he's going to start giving it blood. And so he sings grow for me. He's like, I've tried everything, but like, I guess it can't hurt if I give you blood, which like not the right. It might. Thing. But he says, he says, um, I've given you sunlight. I've given you rain. Looks like you're not happy unless I open a vein. I'll give you a few drops if that'll appease. Just please grow for me. Because like I said, he's kind of, he's not doing great. Mushnik does not like him. He's a klutz. He's like, he's like, I just need, I need something to go right. Okay. If this plant is what will go right, then fine. I'll do it. Okay. And so Audrey too starts growing. And because it's a weird looking plant and like, it's just very distinct, it becomes a big attraction and so Mr. Mushnik's flower shop starts getting like really good business and they start making money finally. And so since he was the one who found the plant, he's the one who takes care of the plant. Because Seymour hasn't told anyone what the plant needs to grow. So Obviously. Like, it was just fair. Um, <laughs> he's like, this is my this is my success. And so like he becomes sort of like a local celebrity. Um, you have a song called You Never Know, which is like Mr. Mushnik's like, oh, who, who would have thought this klutz that I, he finally did something right and like, and like Seymour's like getting radio interviews and like the street urchins are like, look at like, look, look at, basically they're like, look what could happen overnight. He was a zero. Now he's a hero. You never Ooh. know. That's the gist of the song. You never really, you know, golden, you never know where gold is hiding, whatever. Um, so like they're gaining notoriety very quickly while Seymour has to keep this secret. Meanwhile, Audrey, now I thought this was interesting, the connection you made. Audrey has an abusive boyfriend named... Well, uh, Audrey has an abusive boyfriend. It's not Seymour. Seymour is in love with Audrey. And Audrey, I okay. think, to an extent. In my defense. Knows. Yes. The thing opens with, I know Seymour's the greatest, but I'm dating a semi-sadist. No, I, 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 I didn't so see I, how I got there. It's too, yeah, it is. I, I see thought. Okay. Because no, Seymour's like, like, not once is another boy mentioned. Yeah, Seymour is um no, he's like a nice guy. He love like like genuinely. He love he like he's in love with Audrey. Audrey I think is both both aware but also a little clueless about to the extent because she's kind of caught up in her abusive relationship to be fair. Not having a great time. Um and so me so while Seymour's like gaining all this fame and the the shop's doing so well, Audrey's like I really want to leave my abusive boyfriend and she kind of is starting to like see herself with Seymour now that he's like I think he's sort of coming into his own with this fame. Not entirely, but, like, he's sort of gaining, you know, coming himself. Okay. Um, and so, 
that's where we get Somewhere That's Green, which is the first song I sang you. So saying the first song I gave you. And in it, that's what she's saying. She's like, um, Seymour's great, but I can't be with him because I'm with this abusive guy who I can't leave. But I have a dream of just the simple, just a simple apple pie life. She's like, I want to live in a house, in a place where every house is the same and we have a little picket fence and I stay home and cook and Seymour's the man of the house and our, we have two kids and like just, you know, your very stereotypical life, which I think goes back to what I was saying earlier about the poverty thing and like how, like, not, I'm not trying to knock Audrey's dream, but like to me now that sounds awful. I mean, live in a development where everything's the same and like everything's so simple. But, like, also sometimes mm-hmm. it's the simple things that, like, it's, like, what she doesn't have now. She doesn't have any sort of stability. She doesn't have a home of her own. She just wants to be loved and have a house, you know? And I think it's a very moving song, I think. Um, I agree. Now that I know she's not dreaming about settling down with the abusive boyfriend, I like the yeah. song so much better. I yeah. really, truly it's do. A, it's a beautiful moment. Um and like also, the, the street urchins are joking with her before the song starts. They're like, oh, what are you going to, what you and Seymour are going to be together? And she's like, you know, he's kind of cute. And then they laugh at her and he's like, well, even if he's not, he's a nice guy. And like, we could have a good life together, the two of us. Uh, one of the lines of the song talks about um, when she's basically listing off things that she wants. She says she wants the garbage disposal in the sink. And our kitchen has, we moved into a new house. The kitchen absolutely sucked. Um, which is part of the reason we got the house on such a good deal is because we then had to basically pay what it was worth to get a kitchen. Um, We haven't had a sink and a garbage disposal in the kitchen for like three, four months. I miss having a garbage disposal. So I heard that line and I was like, you know what? I don't care if Seymour sucks. I'm with (laughs) you. I can see it. I can see it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she goes... Like, one time in the song, she goes, I dream of a place where we could be together at last. And the street urchin goes, what, an emergency room? And she's like, yeah, like, we're going to live <laughs> oh. in a little suburb. Just me and the toaster and a sweet little guy. And she, she, she's going to have a washer and a dryer. And he likes to mow the lawn. And I cook like Betty Crocker. And, like, we have pine sole scented air. And it's just very cute. She's like, and our bedtime's 9.15, which, like, I agree. 9.15 is a great bedtime. <laughs> it really um, is. And yeah, she's like, we're just going to go somewhere that's green as the sun sets in the west. That's what, uh, that's just the little life she dreams of, which I feel like we've, I don't know. I, it's just a very cute song. It's a, it's a cute it is. Song. I think like it was people, I heard another song later on in here, Suddenly Seymour, which Eleanor said she, it was one of the songs she saw. Um, th- people talk about that being a really moving thing, but I think somewhere that green is, that's green is nicer. That's just me moving on. So. <laughs> Um, then we get close to renovation, which is we're at Mr. Mushnik's um, flower shop. And like, because the place has gotten so popular, they're like, we should probably make this look better. Nice. And also Audrey mm-hmm. 2 is growing very quickly. I think this is the second Audrey 2 now. So it's kind of like medium sized. Um, I think a, a person's operating it at this point in time. I'm pretty sure. Oh, also I should mention, um, the for, I stage managed shows in high in middle school, which is one of my favorite things to do to this day. And the first show I ever fully stage managed on my own was Little Shop of Horror. So one, I just think it's a great show, but two, getting to watch it from that perspective is just, it's one of my favorite shows ever. <laughs> and it's my favorite show I've ever stage managed. 
Um, but like that's that's why I know about the puppets. I'm not. This series is a little embarrassing for me. I was thinking about it when we did um Heather's. I was like, mm-hmm. I know too many facts. Like I was telling Eleanor in Heather's, <laughs> there's a line where Veronica like I was like Veronica looks to the audience on this line, and I was like I should stop talking. I really should. I know it enhances the experience for Eleanor. I'm sure. <laughs> I need to stop talking. It's embarrassing <laughs> for everyone else. Oh, speaking of me stage managing, I wanted to put this in, and I apologize in advance. If you're my mother, don't listen to the next 30 seconds. Um, in the in the show, actually, no, I can't tell you the story yet. I can't tell you the story. I'll tell you the story later. I can't tell you the story. Okay. I going to spoil something. So anyway, we get close for renovation, and then, um, as you remember, there's a dentist named Oren Scrivello. He is a dentist? Audrey- he is a dentist. Yeah. Look at me. That's one for me. It was obvious, but I'm taking it. Don't get too excited. Oh, God. Because Oren Scarvello is also Audrey's abusive ex- abusive boyfriend. Oh. Oh, okay. So she's dating the dentist. Okay. Is Oren it also her boss or no? No. She doesn't work there. She, oh. she just works at the flower shop. At Mr. Mushnick's flower shop. Okay. So I'm Oren so shows up it. to take her on a date. And he like wears he like he like drives a motorcycle and he wears a leather jacket and he's mm-hmm. a sadist, so he likes causing people pain, which is when we get the song titled "Dentist" with an exclamation point. And basically, Ooh. he was talking about how when he was younger, he was like a really bad kid. Like he used to shoot puppies with a BB gun and and Jesus and like that. And um, so his mom was like, "You should be a dentist because you like to cause people pain. So you can just like put that to work as being a dentist." Which, like, I guess. I mean, if you're um, a mother and you notice that in your kid, maybe get them a therapist before encouraging them to be a dentist. No, because mom was like, you can put your natural tendencies to work and be a dentist. Um, And he's like, I love being a dentist. It's great. I get to cause people pain. I'm having a great time. And he's like a very, like, in-your-face character. I, I do think, like, they get to play. Um, I'm only saying this. This is not embarrassing for me. You get to play it. You get to play up being the dentist to like uh-huh. as a character, caricature almost. He's kind of like a leader of the pack sort of character. And the reason I'm saying this is because um, Little Shop of Horrors a couple days ago, from when we we're recording this, did a tiny desk NPR tiny desk concert, and the guy who's playing this is for my Broadway fans out there. The guy who's playing <laughs> the dentist in that is Christian Borel, who's just a Broadway man. If you don't know him, probably not interested in broadway but anyway he like you really get to play it up and like amp it up for this character but yeah he's a sadist and he's abusing audrey so he goes to pick her up for a date and then he goes to the shop and he's like an orin meets seymour and he's like oh you should take this plant and get out of here and seymour's like not sorry not seymour mr mushik overhears this and he's like oh my god if seymour leaves there's all our money gone there's like my shop is is closed down i'm reliant on this kid who i've haven't treated he hasn't abused him because he like took him in but also not mm-hmm. hasn't treated him very nicely yeah and, like calls him names so he's like oh my god seymour can i adopt you and then you'll be a full partner in the business we'll be mushnik and son which is the next song and seymour doesn't realize he overheard this conversation so seymour's like oh i'm finally getting the the love i wanted from this guy this was the you know the only father figure i've he's probably had um and Mr. Mushnick's like, how would you how would you like to be my son, my own adopted boy? And then like throughout this song, he's having asides to the audience or to himself, or he's like, I never liked him much, but like look at the cash in the drawer. I've got to do this. Oh my god! And he's like, 
And like it, it's not as it it's not as skeezy as it sounds. Mr. Moshnik is is at the end of the day a good character, but like it, it it's not great. No, it isn't great. Okay, like, he, he's not he's not Orin Scrivello bad. You know, he's not the dentist abusing mm-hmm. his, his girlfriend proudly bad. Um, so he's like, oh my god, yeah, we'll be like father and son, Moshnik and son. We'll we'll be in business. And and, and uh, Mr. Moshnik's also very Jewish, so he's like he's like Moshnik <laughs> and his boy chick, you. It's, it's an important part of his character. <laughs> um, and he says, like, shtick. Like, so he's like, we're going to... And they have, like, this tango they do that M- Mr. Mushnik um, ropes Seymour into. Mm. And at one point, Mr. Mushnik's like, I'm going to hold my breath to you agree. And then he holds his breath for a long time, and Seymour's like, all right, fine. I'll be your son, right? Well, that's one way um, to get a son. The problem is... Mr. Um, Seymour is having a hard time keeping up with Audrey too because he is a little man. Um, Seymour is is um, I don't know how to say this word. So like, as a character, Seymour is like a scrawny sort of nerdy guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And even if he wasn't, I don't think you can like a growing plant. Apparently needs. Oh, is he still feeding the plant with his own blood? Yes, that's the only thing. The plant okay. Can eat. Okay. And homeboy's like, I can't. He's like having a hard time keeping up with it. Okay. So he stops feeding the plant. And then I got to give Eleanor one of my favorite songs because he's like, so after Mushnik and Song, Seymour's like, oh, look, I'm, I've been so lucky. And look, Mushnik's taken me on. He's finally taken me seriously. And one day I'll owe this shop and I'll owe it to you, Audrey, too. Right. I'm going to owe it to you, this plant. And then he's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I've been a little anemic, but who cares? I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to go down and get something to eat at this place down the down the road. And Audrey, too, kind of, like, visibly droops. And he's like, oh, uh, he's like, I'm sorry, but, like, I, you know, give me a couple of days to heal up and we're going to start again on my other hand. And then Audrey, too, speaks for the first time. <gasps> Audrey, too, says, feed me. And he's <laughs> like. Good first words. Seymour's like, what? And Audrey, too, goes. Feed me. And Seymour goes, and I told you, sometimes he calls the plant Tui because it's Audrey too. So he says, Tui, Tui, you, you opened up your, your your trap, your thing, and you said, and then Audrey too goes, feed me, Krellborn, feed me now. And part of the reason I gave you the song is I think it's a very good um, look into like how Audrey too is a character. Now, Audrey too, as a plant, is a lady, apparently. Um, but it's usually voiced by a dude. But like... Throughout, I, I don't know if you got this from the song, but like it's it the, the plant's very convincing. The plant is very like smooth, yeah, and I, suave, and kind of like like just says the right thing at the right time. Like I, if if the I always imagine if the plant were a character, I would make more sense for it to be a woman because Seymour because Seymour's a guy. Mm-hmm. It's like not openly manipulative, but like if you if you if you look for longer than ten seconds, you can tell. But like. It's like oh uh, yeah, on, it's like on. a like it's just playing up to what you want to hear. So in this song, exa- it's like, okay, it's like an abusive boyfriend nice... who knows what they're doing. Yeah, I was you know, right actually, with that little in... parallel. <laughs> I was a little in, bit yeah, wrong, but I was right. <laughs> so he's like, okay, he's like, I can't give you any more blood. I'll go get you a steak, right? And Audrey's like, nope, it's got to be blood. And Seymour's like, that's really gross. And Audrey's like, no, it's got to be fresh blood too. And Seymour's like, can't, please stop talking. Now, and why don't nice they just Audrey's go... Like, feed me. And Seymour's like, does it have to be human? And he says, feed me. And he goes, does it have to be mine? And Audrey's like, feed me. And Seymour's like, where am I supposed to get it? Which, let me tell you, not a concern of the plant. And Seymour's like, you eat blood. What am I supposed... To... How am I supposed to keep feeding you? Kill people? 
And Audrey goes, I'll make it worth your while. And I think this might be the big... I don't know if this is the big plan now. But basically, Seymour's like, you're an inanimate object. And at this point, we've got an Audrey that can move also. So Audrey 2 can't just, doesn't just talk. It also moves. And so he, the Audrey 2 is moving. He's like, do I look inanimate? Who say I can't do anything I want? And Seymour's like, what do you mean? And, see, and the plant's like, I can give you anything you, you desire. You can get a Cadillac. You can go on a date with Hedy Lamar. You can dine out for every meal. Which, you know, to someone who's an orphan and probably struggling mm-hmm. Sounds like the dream. You know, again, the simple thing. So he's like, you could eat out for every meal. Anything you want, you're going to get it. You just have to get me blood. And Seymour's like, I don't, I don't know. I like, I kind of, I kind of don't feel great about <laughs> going to mutilate people to get you blood. Like, I don't feel super great about that. And Audrey too is like, oh, come on. And Seymour's like, well, you know, I would really like a Harley and like, you know, to be cool. And see, and then the plant's like, I could do that for you. And then he says, the, sorry, the plant, she says, take a breath and look around. A lot of folks deserve to die. And Seymour was like going along. And then he hears that line. He goes, wait a second. That's not true. I don't know anyone who deserves to die. And the plant's like, yeah, of course you do. And then we get a little scene where Audrey and Oren are going for a date. But Audrey, like, left something at the shop. I think her her sweater or something. And so he's they're standing outside the shop. And the plant and Seymour are watching this. And he's, like, calling her stupid and saying she's a scatterbrain. He's like, oh, God, go get your, your, um, go get your sweater, you dizzy cow. And Audrey's like, yeah. And she has to call him doctor, which is the worst part of all of this. It's not the worst part, but, like, it's, it's the worst part of all of this for me. Um, she's like, yes, doctor. Sorry, doctor. And she runs inside. And she's like, hi, Seymour. I forgot my sweater. I'm going to get it. And then she goes back out and they see him hit her. And he says, if your brain, if he calls her a, a slut. And he says, if your brain, if your head weren't screwed on and he smacks her. Oh, and so boy. And the plant are watching this. I don't know how the plant sees. So the reason the plant can see the thing, Kalina, right? Pay attention. Right. Mm-hmm. The plant is God. I discussed this. I told you. Oh, the yes, plant yes. knows everything. I, you know, I mean, to be fair, we do say a pl- a voice like God, and then the plant did come from the sky, so, like... And maybe, like, because the plant has only been having Seymour's blood that, like, you know, deepens their bond, perhaps? I'm just saying there are options. I think I like where you're going with this. <laughs> you sound so sure. That's that's kind of where I was anyway. going. That's that's the only, that's where I ended up. I like okay. I wasn't sure if there was more. No, I I I I, I don't disagree. The plant works in mysterious ways because also why does the plant talk? You know, we got a lot of questions. Anyway, that's never explained. I don't know if if you were wondering about that. Never never get an explanation as to why the plant can speak. The plant came from outer space is just the general consensus. Okay. Yeah, I just kind of um, figured that we weren't meant to question why it talks. Yeah. Like uh, a dog the, in a movie. That's the least weird part of the of the plant, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, they see Orin hit Audrey, and so Seymour's like on board. He's like, "No, that guy looks like plant food to me. Um, he sucks." So, and then they go, "You need blood, and he's got more than enough. I need blood, and he's got more than enough. So go get it." So that was the second song I gave Eleanor. Feed me slash get it. 
Then I... Did I give you now it's just a guess? Yes. Yes, you did. The next song I gave Eleanor. Oh, the story I wanted to tell you. When I was stage managing Little Shop of Horrors, we were running through. And I was I was, I was was standing in for the voice of the plant also, which oh I loved because I love the plant. <laughs> um, and if you're my mother, don't listen to the next 30 seconds. Um, I, my director got... She cut two lines from the show, which I thought were two of the funniest lines. Because at one point... The plant goes tough titties, and we weren't. We were in middle school, but like I don't know why we weren't allowed to say that. She had to say tough toenails instead. And then the other one was the plant goes no shit Sherlock, which is ever. Um, if anyone ever hears me use that phrase, that is where I heard it for the first time. <laughs> I think it's great. And but I'm reading off the book, so I'm filling in for the plant, and I was like, yeah, no shit Sherlock, and they were like. The, the she came. The director came back right then. She was like Kalina, and I was like, that is listen. That is what it's for. <laughs> you're just I reading. Think you're all adult enough to handle that word but like i don't get why you couldn't say tough titties tough t- tough listen tough toenails just does not hit the same okay? it really doesn't and i'm also I'm, i think you've told me that story before but i appreciate it every time i love that story anyway um so yeah this should answer your next question about seymour not being the dentist so anyway seymour goes to the dentist under the guise of like oh i need to, to get dentist things done and I don't know what you do with the dentist. Um, and because he's going to go kill. He's like, I'm going to kill this guy. And then he's like chickening out, right? But um, Orin, the dentist, has a thing for nitrous oxide, as Eleanor mentioned. And um, in the NPR Tiny Desk concert that I listened to, Alan Menken, who was one of the guys who helped write the show, um, said that it was he got the idea because his father was a dentist who was part of this, um, like he was the president of this group of dentists who advocated for the use of nitrous oxide Mm -hmm. and so the dentist in this show uses it but not because he's a sadist he doesn't use it on his patients he uses it on himself so his patients aren't numb at all but he's like high as a kite right (laughs) while he's inflicting pain on them this is just really great for this guy so he's like i'm gonna he's like he's like so he's to see more he's like i'm so excited we're gonna do this i'm gonna go put the nitrous oxide mask on get high for this and then we're gonna have a blast right and seymour's oh, like i should shoot yeah. him now while he's doing this and seymour's like it'll be so easy i just gotta put a little bit of pressure on this trigger and then like audrey will never have to deal with him i can feed him to the plant it'll be fine and then he goes yeah but no i can't do it and then Orin comes back he's like all right i'm high the mask <laughs> is stuck though will you help me get it off oh so it is like a hundred percent an actual like seymour didn't trick mess with the mask or anything no 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 it genuinely did get stuck and he was like uh seymour help me get this off and seymour's like "Uh, well (laughs) and and the dentist is like well he says well and then he's like don't be don't be fooled if i'm like laughing it's the gas it's got me high but i could die at any minute um so so please help me and then Seymour is having his ethical dilemma. He's like, um, you know, like, he doesn't have a prayer. I never, like, shot him. But, like, also, if I don't help him, he's going to die. But, like, I technically didn't do anything. And then the dentist is like, uh, hey, still here. Don't be f- fooled if I'm laughing because, like, my vital signs are going down. And are, are you dumb or hard of hearing or relieved my end is nearing? Are you satisfied I laughed myself too? And then he dies. And then Seymour says death. And then the song's over. Basically, I don't even know if Seymour finally decided to kill him and let him go. I just, I like, I like to imagine Seymour was just having a dilemma this whole time, and his dilemma took so long that the dentist just died, and he was like, "Well, great." 
Right yeah, he was thinking about it for so long that the decision was, was out of his hands. The decision was made for him. So the dentist is dead, and then we get our um, Act 1 finale. So basically, um, Seymour feeds the dentist's body. to He chops up the body and, and hauls it over to the shop, and he feeds it to now ginormous. We get the big Audrey, too. And the plant consumes it with ravenous glee, according to the Wikipedia page. Um, and we get our little Act 1 finale. Go into Act 2. We get call back in the morning. The shop is popping okay they begin phone calls for orders left and right now no one's <laughs> bought audrey too but like because of the fame everyone's coming and they're like well i'm here i'll pick up flowers so now they're like buying roses and lots of stuff so we get a song where like basically it's just mushnick and seymour and audrey picking up the phones which is like i just think a way to get us back into the act then audrey talks to seymour and she's like oh i feel kind of bad about um him disip- about the dent because no one knows the dentist is dead they think he just up and left and so she's like i feel kind of bad that he's gone because I, I i wish that he would leave and now no one knows where he is and the cops are looking for him but like you know i kind of manifested this essentially and then we get suddenly seymour which is a, a lovely moving because basically they're like we have feelings for each other which like i don't know why i don't know why that needed to be said because it was very clear but Seymour's like, I love you. And Audrey's like, oh my god, I love you. And then Seymour's like, I'll take care of you forever. And Audrey's like, that's great. And so he sings Suddenly Seymour. And they're like, Suddenly Seymour, he's standing beside me. He doesn't he doesn't ask anything of me. And he and he looks out for me. And it's just this very nice moving little romantic moment between the two of them. And then they're like, okay, we're going to leave together. And we're going to have our summer that's green little apple pie life. But then Seymour is like, Maybe she only likes me because of my fame, because she never said anything to him before he was famous, which I think is a fair assumption to me. It's at least a good thing to to check on, you know? Yeah, so, like, he's starting to, like, doubt himself, not realizing that, like, she kind of, she kind of, she liked him this whole time, you know, but she was with, um, stupid men. And they're planning to leave, and then it's the night time, and we go to the next song we get here, which is Supper Time, which is also a great song. Um, this was on my short list to give to you. And so Mushnik comes, and he's like, um, if you want something removed in a hurry, it's best not to get rid of it on Skid Row. because." And he's confronting him about the dentist, because he finds a bloody dentist uniform in their trash. Which, like, oh, don't... Yeah, like... Yeah, be smarter about that. Anyway, yeah, Seymour dumped the the bloody dentist outfit, and and Mushnik was like, that's weird, and then he saw drops of blood on the floor, and then he saw Seymour and Audrey kissing, so he was like, oh, you must have killed him so you could get with his lady. Which, like, is not entirely untrue, but, like, isn't the real reason he killed him? Yeah. Killed him because he just sucked his... part of it, but, like... He needed to kill his plant, feed his plant. Yeah. Um, So Mushnik's like... And Seymour's like, no, I didn't do it. And Mushnik's like, okay, well, if you didn't do it, just come with me to the police and like just give them a statement and everything will get cleared up. It's fine. And then and then Audrey too. Audrey too doesn't talk in front of anyone else. Seymour's the only one who knows it can talk. So like I don't know why I don't know if like this is in his mind, if they're communicating telepathically, if like Mushnik just can't hear for whatever reason. But basically Seymour's like Oh, he's got your number now. He knows what you've done. He's going to turn you into the police. I think it's supper time. Oh. And then, oh. 
Seymour's like, I told you, the, the, the plant is conniving. This is not all, like, this is, should Seymour have agreed? Pro- no, but, like, uh-uh. the, the plant is, does play onto what's already there. You know what I mean? So, Seymour's like, okay, fine, we're gonna go to the police, um, but first we have to get the day's receipts. And Mushnik's like, well, what, did you put them in the safe, didn't you? And Seymour's like, nope, I forgot the the code. And he's like, so where did you put them? And Seymour's like, I put them in the plant. <laughs> and Mushnik's like, in the plant. You put, you put the money in the plant? And he's like, yep, you just got to knock on the plant and then you can get them. Which, like, I don't know why, why I wouldn't do that. I would have told you to go knock on the plant. But anyway. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, Seymour, go on, go get it then. And this whole time the plant's like, he's got, he, you know, he's got his facts straight. They're going to put you in jail. I'm ready to eat. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we can work something out here. You know, come on, you want to get Two birds, one stone. That you just planned. Yeah, so Mushnik knocks on the plant and climbs inside. And he's like, homie, I don't see the day's receipts in here. And then, f- shockingly, plant eats him. No way. That's crazy. And then he screams as he gets devoured. So now, Seymour, because if we recall a couple songs ago, it was Mushnik and Son, so now Seymour's in charge of the flower shop. And, like, he's got, like, reporters and salesmen and lawyers and just everyone approaching him. And they're like, you can have a show on the TV and, like, you're going to be famous and da-da-da-da-da. And Seymour's like, this out sounds really great. But then he's like, if I want to keep being famous, I have to keep Audrey 2 alive and healthy. Yeah. Keep Audrey 2 alive and healthy, I have to keep, keep killing, killing people. people. Blood. And that he is, and he realizes his moral responsibility. And so he's like, I should kill the plant. But remember, he's, he, he does think that Audrey's only with him for the fame now. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I can't, I can't. He's like, there's Audrey, lovely Audrey. She might not want me anymore if I give up the the plant so we have the song called the meek shall inherit which is all these people and you know a little bit biblical again back to the whole poverty and like i think i think at the end of the day this is kind of the motto is the meek shall inherit but um it does get kind of warped in the show but basically they're like the meek shall inherit and it kind of is a callback to to when they were like oh you never know um the song you never know (laughs) where they're like who would have thought that um seymour would turn into this this great famous guy right yeah and Seymour agrees to go on this like lecture tour because everyone's like, oh my God, you found this plant. No one's ever seen this plant before. People want to hear from you. They want to talk to you. Like, I don't, I've never watched a gardening show. I don't think I'd be that interesting. Not for like, like if I knew. I could understand like local attention for like a really yeah. good gardener, but. Yeah. Or like, and like this might not be great, but if I, if I had found out the plant ate blood, I would be interested in, in that. Mm-hmm. But like just this plant that looks just a weird. regular plant no it just it just it's just really huge and it looks strange no i'm not interested in hearing you talk about why the plant mutated to look <laughs> like that so anyway he's working on his sweet speech and then seymour's like i'm gonna kill you plant and audrey's like um yo when's mr mushnick gonna come back because seymour told him <laughs> told her that he was visiting his sister ah and during this little conversation they're having, Seymour is like, oh, Audrey really does love me for who I am. And he reaches this conclusion. And so he decides he's going to kill Audrey after he does this little interview he was supposed to have. 
and he's just kind of rambling and Audrey's like are you okay and he's like don't worry about me just go home so she goes home but this kind of weighing on her mind and so she like can't sleep and she comes back to the shop and that's when we get the last song or sorry the second to the last song I gave Eleanor which is Samanek slash Supper Time 2 so it's kind of like a reprise to when he killed Mushnik and Audrey's like I couldn't sleep so I took some medication Samanek but um like these voices in my head kept saying I should talk to Seymour and I drank some tea, but, like, I still didn't feel better. So, like, Seymour, tell me what's going on. And she's standing outside the shop at this point. And then this is the first time the plant talks to someone else that's not Seymour. And the plant's like, hi, little lady, you look so cute. <laughs> and she's like, Seymour, is that you? And he goes, no, see, it's not Seymour, it's me. And she's like, oh, my God. And he's like, "This, I'm talking to you. And then he has one of my favorite lines in this whole show. Audrey goes, am I dreaming this? And the plant goes, no, and you ain't in Kansas neither. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, would you get me some water? I'm just feeling real thirsty. And he like makes himself, the plant makes them, makes her, the plant makes itself look real droopy. And oh, she's like, okay. I don't know if I should give you any water, you know? And the plant's like, oh, like, oh, I promise I just want water. Like, I'll just drink it. I don't need a glass or ice or anything. And she's like, well, you do look a little, like your branches. I'm sorry, like dry. regular plants the... need a glass and ice? I mean, this is clearly not a regular plant okay. I was talking to her. All right. So like, I feel like all, all the rules went out the window. We're just right letting things go real easy? Yeah. And she's like, all right, fine. I'll go get the can of water. And when she gets close enough, he eats her. And then Seymour comes in while he's trying to eat her. And he's like, get off of her, get off of her. Um, this has got to end now. I'm going to hack you to bits. And then he, he finally frees Audrey from the, the jaws of the plant. Also, the plant kind of looks like a Venus flytrap sometimes. I think that's a good way to, a good comparison to make. Okay, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. You got to have a big old yeah. mouth. Yeah. Um. So anyway, plant eats her, saves her, but she's like kind of been chewed up in in half. So like she's not doing great and he's like oh my god are you okay and she's like no no <laughs> um so her dying wish is for seymour to feed her to the plant because the plant can she's like so we can always be together and we get our somewhere that's green repri- reprise reprise yeah i don't know which one it is we've both been saying the different one but we know <laughs> what each other means so i'd say we Good, can I'm just fine. keep going with it <laughs> But she's like, she's like, I'll be a part of the plant, and you'll you'll wash my leaves, and you'll care for me, and you'll see me bloom, and like you you know you can take care for me, take care of me forever this way, like I wanted you to do in, in my little dream. She doesn't say that part, but like you know that's kind of what it is. <laughs> and so he, he 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 feeds her reluctantly to the plant. Oh. And Audrey too starts to to grow. Well, she was dying anyway, so like you know, no must no. Uh, okay. No. Um. So then he falls asleep and the plant grows little red flower buds. The next day, this guy comes and he's like, we want to sell cuttings of Audrey too. Because remember, at this point, Audrey too is the only plant of such nature in existence. And Seymour's like, oh my God, this is what the plant planned all along. World conquest. (laughs) Of course. Naturally. So he tries to kill the plant in a variety of ways. He tries, like, cutting it up. He tries shooting it. He tries poisoning it. And the plant is like, ha-ha, try again. So his final plan is to just go into the plant with a machete and hack it up from the inside. But instead he gets eaten, shockingly, 
Like, that wasn't what it did to the other three people. Two people? Three people. Three, yeah. And so then the little Greek chorus that have been popping in and out, and the guy who wanted to do the cuttings, um, come looking for Seymour, and no one finds him. So he's like, so the guy's like, all right, free real estate. So he has the girls cut up the, take little cuttings from the plant so he can start selling them. And then we get our final, our, our don't feed the plants, our finale. Um, and usually the, the, the characters come into the, the show for this. Um, the, the dead ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, basically the Greek chorus is like, Sub- subsequent to the events you have just witnessed, similar events in cities across America, which bore a striking resemblance to the, to the events you just watched began occurring. So they're like, from Maine to California, they met this new breed of fly trap, and all got everyone got sweet talked into feeding it blood. Which like be smarter people. Everyone, unsuspecting jerks from Maine to California made the acquaintance of a new fl- breed of fly trap and got sweet talked into feeding it blood. I mean, if it was Thus, just the one guy, that would make sense. But they're just okay. Thus, the plants worked their terrible will, finding jerks who would feed them their fill. And the plants proceeded to grow. And um, I like this part. It goes, and began what they came here to do, which was essentially to eat Cleveland and Des Moines and Peoria and New York and this theater. And then everyone. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then so, so everyone's singing. They're like, they're going to offer you fortune and fame, love and money and like everything you want. But whatever they offer you, do not feed the plant. And then we get Mushnik and Seymour and Orin and Audrey, who've all been eaten by the plant and fallen victim to its ways. They all come in and they sing different lines and they're like, the plant may offer you fancy condos. Like Eleanor said, fancy condos in Beverly Hills are like cheap thrills, but whatever they offer you, don't feed the plants. And then Audrey too is sitting there singing, here I come for you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat you. <laughs> and it said, they said, at the end, the, the, the cast sings, um, if we fight it, we've still got a chance, but whatever they offer you, though they're slopping the trough for you, please, whatever they offer you, don't feed the plants. And then the show ends because, unfortunately, everyone fell the plants. Oh, here. Uh, according to the Wikipedia page, in the original off-Broadway production, plant tendrils fell all over the audience as if each audience member were to be pulled into the plant. While in the Broadway production, a monstrously huge Audrey too was projected out over the fifth row and balcony seats as if it would eat the audience members. Well, I like that. I, re- I really do. I think that's cute. But, um... That's the end of the show. The plant has has done what it has come to do. And um, the more I look into this, especially with like the song, the me shall it here, and then the end, like, though they're slopping the trough for you. Basically, yeah, it is kind of like a thing about poverty and I guess power and class. Don't make a deal with the devil. Yeah, I don't think, I don't don't take it that deep. Um, I just (laughs) think it's a a fun show about a plant that, that sounds really cool and eats people. That's fair. That Honestly, that's fair. That's what I would take it as. That's what I am choosing to take it as. And there's a... Is the movie the same as the... As the play? Is the movie the same? Yeah. Like, story-wise? Yeah. There's a few small differences, but nothing, like, super major. That's the... That is the plot of the movie. Okay. Uh... Steve Martin was in one. Good for him. 
Anyway, that's Little Shop of Horrors. I really liked Eleanor giving her her full recap at the start of the I'm episode. surprised that I was as close as I was. I mean, I was off on some was some too. glaring things, but I, I think I got the kind of um, gist of it. Yeah, no, you were really close. The only the, the only thing that, that distracted me was because you thought, oh, again, I see why. Mm-hmm. But we thought Seymour and Audrey's boyfriend were the same, so that distracted me. But, like, you were, you were pretty spot on. Apparently, according to this little Wikipedia page about the article, about the movie... Um, the Phil's concept may have been inspired by Green Thoughts, which is a 1932 story about a man-eating plant. Okay. And someone else suggests that it may have been influenced by a 1956 science fiction short story called The Reluctant Orchid. And then, apparently in the, um, the original movie was, I think, 60s, Kalina said. There's one that came out in 86, and in that, um, Seymour and the uh audrey live yes i do i do remember that i was i was gonna say there was something um mild difference i know that's a very that's like a controversial thing is people don't yeah necessarily love that they live i I listen i don't please don't no one look into this too deeply i think i think it makes more sense when everyone dies i think it's i no i totally agree it's not yeah but this has been our show. I think we might have to go watch the movie now, or at least the musical. We can. I'm. I'm. I listen. Listen. What was I gonna say? It's a good show. It's a great <laughs> show. Listen. The first of all, the plant is just always fantastic. A singing plant eating people. You can't go wrong with that well you, apparently you can because they do but I mean, don't as a viewer yeah i'm just saying like like i can see seymour being like oh you're only like when when he first figures out the plant only eats blood being like okay well i'll give you a couple drops just this one time because like i've tried everything <laughs> else but once i realized this was like a like a daily thing i would have to do i would i would have to reconsider some things because if you, I feel like if you killed the plant when it was little, it we wouldn't be having the problem. Mm-mm. If the plant is never big enough to eat people, it never eats people. Exactly. And like, then you're never a sort of murderer. I don't know. I've I've never been poor and orphaned and working in a flower shop. So come back to me when I am. You know. I we will. Anyway, I have been Colina. And I have been Eleanor. And this has been another musical installment of Don't Quote Me on That. I will see you next time. We sure will. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Don't Quote Me on That. One day we'll have an outro, but it's not today. <laughs>